I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. I want to give you a little glimpse of what is in store uh, as the program continues. We, uh, just after 1.30, will be joined by a couple I am so anxious to speak to. If you remember, uh, there was last week a conversation you and I had where we looked back to 1992. And we looked at uh, the race between George H.W. Bush and, uh, and Bill Clinton. And we looked at some of the characters behind the scenes in those two races, one of them, James Carville, the other, uh, his now wife, Mary Madeline. Now, what's interesting about that pairing is that Carville, the raging Cajun, you'd certainly recognize his voice and his face if you saw him, if you don't recognize him by name. He was uh, the most rabid Democratic operative uh, around at the time and remains so today. Uh, His... Now, wife, Mary Madeline, maintained uh, so many responsibilities in terms of uh, advising Republican candidates. Some of the highest profile candidates she found herself working for. And then it was in 1993 on Thanksgiving Day that these two polar opposites in terms of politics came together. And have since then uh, maintained a beautiful and loving relationship. Now, why do I remind you of that story? Well, because I was curious, what is it like in the homes of Utahns who find themselves in similar situations? Maybe it's husband and wife, uh, father and son, brother and sister, who are on the absolute opposite ends of the political spectrum. We heard from a few couples, and uh, just after the news, we'll be joined by Jan and Mike Timball from West Jordan. Uh, We're going to talk to them on the occasion of their 47th wedding anniversary today. Why are we speaking to them? Well, because they, like uh, Mr. Carville and Mrs. Madeline, they find themselves on opposite ends of the political spectrum, and they have somehow been able to make 47 years of marriage work out. So we're going to learn some lessons from them, see how they're spending their day. Uh, I'll give you a little sneak peek on that. Producer Amy asked how they plan on spending their day, and it was to ignore politics. <laughs> and here I am knocking on their door saying, hey, would you talk to me uh, like on the radio about nothing but politics? Could you do that? <laughs> so that's coming up. Very much looking forward to that. And then how about this question? Let's say you are a, a newly naturalized U.S. citizen, and this is your first presidential election. How do you approach that? What do you look at? How do you make decisions uh, about why it's important to vote? Why vote at all? 
We'll be speaking uh, with someone who became a citizen in 2018 and this year uh, voting for the very first time after taking the oath of allegiance and becoming a U.S. citizen. Uh, Very, very excited for for all of those conversations. Before we go to break, though, I want to talk to you about something you you heard mentioned uh, by the three county clerks we spoke to in the last half hour. Uh, Amelia Powers Gardner from Utah County mentioned it. Curtis Koch from Davis County mentioned it. So too did Sherry Swenson with Salt Lake County, the clerk there. And it is the provisional ballot. The provisional ballot is in, well, in elections here in the United States, uh, provisional ballots are used to record a vote, to record a vote when there are questions about a given voter's eligibility that must be resolved before that vote can count. Most often, most often a an individual casts a provisional ballot when you wait for the last minute to, to register to vote. And there is a certain amount of verification and fact-checking that must go into ensuring that you are who you say you are, and only after that that information is ascertained is the vote then eligible to be counted. Now, uh, what are some other reasons you might cast a provisional ballot? Well, if your name does not appear on the electoral roll for the given precinct where you are assigned because maybe you either haven't registered, like we just covered, or uh, you are registered elsewhere. Maybe you've moved from out of state, haven't yet changed over your records. Another instance where a provisional ballot may be cast is uh, if the voter's eligibility cannot be established or has been challenged. Now, that is infrequent, but but there are occasions where the eligibility of a voter is, in fact, challenged. And then some uh, kind of logistical uh, snags might arise if the voter lacks photo identification. Um, some jurisdictions require it. Some individuals don't have it. Uh, and a provisional ballot can be cast in that sense. Uh, and there is much, much more. We're going to take a break right now. When we do return, I will be joined by Jan and Mike Timball from West Jordan. I described them as a pair married 47 years. And for those 47 years, they have found themselves on opposite ends of the political spectrum. How do they pull it off? We'll find out after the news break on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. 135 is the KSL News Time. I've been thinking a lot lately about what it's like in homes where mom and dad don't see eye to eye on politics. Not long ago, a researcher from Tufts University looked into this question, really studied it, did some science stuff, and found that 10% of marriages are comprised of members of opposing political parties. Seven in ten are of the same political party, and the remaining 20% are couples where one spouse is a member of one party and the other spouse identifies as an independent. And so my question is, how, how does the 10% make it work? Uh, last week, I put this question to, uh, to you. And it was humbling to receive so many calls from uh, from individuals and couples who uh, find themselves exactly in the position of the 10%, where they are uh, of differing political ideologies and yet are able to maintain the peace. Uh, one such call, uh, Jan, called in, and she told us about uh, her and her husband, how they uh, disagree politically, but that they have uh, made it work. And today uh, is a special day for the Timballs. 
for Jan and Mike. They are celebrating their 47th wedding anniversary today on Election Day. So uh, let me welcome uh, both of you, Jan and Mike, to the program and say uh, happy anniversary and happy Election Day. Uh, uh, Let me ask you first, Jan. How have you made this work? Um, We just don't discuss our political differences. We know that they exist, and once things got a little bit uh, tense, we decided to let sleeping dogs lie, and I can believe what I believe, and he can believe what he believes, and we're good with it. Mike, let me ask you this. When when was it first discovered that you two had such differing political views? That would have been 47 years ago. (laughs) 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 No, no, no. Uh, We've been great. Uh, I think we both learned uh, there's the little picture in life, and then there's the big picture in in life. And you know, to to understand that uh, you can disagree without being disagreeable about things, and uh, stay away from contention. Contention comes from you know who, and you know, I've never, I've always respected my wife. She's got the most charitable person I've ever met in my life, and. Uh, you know, it's, I think that's that's a big thing for us. Yeah. I enjoy her. Uh, she's the love of my life. Outstanding. And that uh, is able to transcend any dif- any difference you might have uh, in politics. H- have you have you voted the, today, or are you going in person? Have you cast your ballots yet today? I, I, we both sent it in by mail. Oh, perfect. Uh, outstanding. Yeah. And you, you, you say one of the ways you, you keep the peace is by, by not talking about politics. Is that to say that over the 47 years you have never, you've never discussed a, a political issue? Oh, oh, we've discussed political issues, but it just is something where you can't have, you know, the main contention or disputation. It just isn't right. Yeah. Not only in marriage, yeah, but anybody. Yeah, it's when, it's when things get heated in the political environment that we can't and don't discuss it when things with the way things are this year it's everything that everybody else has brought up and the news and this and that it's been a bit too contentious for us to venture there but years gone by you know, we used to we used to talk about it because things were a lot more civil back then yeah Ooh. a lot more civil what about uh, what about your your children? Do they uh, agree with either of you, or do they have their own views? Well, we still got some that's on one side and one on some on the other side. <laughs> well, <laughs> what are Sunday dinners like? When we have, and we try and stay out of that area when everybody comes in. As soon as it comes in, we don't talk about politics or religion at we, all. We have a son-in-law that likes to poke the bear, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he likes poking, but he's a good guy. And everybody's <laughs> looking at him, going. Don't poke the bear. <laughs> who, who, who's the who's the bear? Who's the bear? You have to really watch out for. Bill, Uh-oh. one of our sons. Yeah. Well, one of our sons is. No, we're talking about our son-in-law poking Mike. Ah, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what does he say? Let me ask you this: what, what does he say at Sunday dinner to to try to get your goat? I don't think Mike pays any uh, attention. No, uh, he, don't, he, he, he manages not to, he, but those of us on the on the other side there were kind of looking over there with daggers in our eyes, going, <laughs> "Cut it out!" And he thinks it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> this this year is this year is uniquely divisive. There are uh, there are new. 
uh, things coming up in this presidential election and other elections further on down the ballot to to divide us. There are some fundamental differences. Uh, and then the tactics of communicating those differences has been ramped up to levels that before I, I've never seen. And so we are going forward going to need to, to learn from uh, this experience. Jan, let me ask you, what advice would you give to other families who, who have disagreements, political disagreements among them? I just say, basically, you've got to respect that all of us, everybody, has differences in our opinions, the way we've seen things, our experiences that have shaped who we are. And um, one of one of our daughters is, um, I have always thought of her as lined with me, but yet she has brought to my mind that, that she has questions and she's not 100% one way or the other. And she, and I'm like shocked. But I let her be that, be who she is. It's her experiences, it's her life, and that's the way she interprets them. We've got to do that with others. Yeah. Uh, it it worries me, you know, this this political environment and what's going to happen in the days to come does worry me a bit. But I can't let that control me. Mike, let me. And we shouldn't let destroy. We shouldn't let it destroy us. Mike, let me ask you this question. This uh, this sure. is specifically after the election is said and done. There will come a, a time, probably not tonight, maybe not even in the days or weeks to come, but at some point uh, this election will be settled and done. We will know the winners of all of the races on the ballot. What advice do you give uh, to folks once we get to that stage? How do we how do we either come back together or how do we win gracefully or how do we lose gracefully? I've lost a lot of basketball games, so, uh, you know, you, you go forward. You punch sportsmanship, just like there is in sports, but also in politics. Faster, uh, it's going to hurt, just like any. And, uh, you got to go on and then hope two years or uh, get back in your you know, bandwagon for, for your candidate. Yeah. And, right. uh, what's nice about it is I know that you're Biden supporter, so. Our, our, our connection is poor, and I apologize for that, but the, the advice Mike is giving here, uh, as best as I'm able to interpret it, is to look at it in terms of uh, sportsmanship uh, and some of, the, some of the good feelings we see demonstrated between athletes on the basketball court and elsewhere, and so I thank him for that. Uh, and Jan, I thank you for your time, and uh, before you go, Jan, how are you celebrating your anniversary today? Oh, we're going up to a condo. We're going to spend a couple of days in a hot tub and uh, up in the mountains. We're just going to, that's, that's our enjoyment. It's getting out and traveling a little bit. Well, congratulations on 47 uh, beautiful Thank years. You. Here's to many more. Thanks again, uh, and happy Election Thanks. Day. All right, we're going to take a break now, and when we return, I'm opening up the phones for the politicker. You know how that works. 20 seconds of uninterrupted time for you to make a pitch for either a candidate you support or, hey, maybe you're a candidate yourself. Feel free to pick up the phone, 801-575-8255. 801-KSL-TALK is the number. There are a few hours left uh, before polling ends, and you have an opportunity to make one last plea here on Live Mike. It's the Politicker, 20 seconds of uninterrupted airtime. Give me a call. You're on live next. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. 
Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.